0: This series contains descriptions of grief and illness that some people might find upsetting. There's also some bad language.
1: I was so overcome with like a horrible black feeling in me. I went downstairs and got a knife out the drawer.
2: I'm Rosie. I believe in ghosts.
0: I'm Tristan. And I don't believe in ghosts.
3: And I'm Sarah. I haven't made up my mind yet. Last year, we
2: put a call out on social media asking for real life ghost stories. Since then, we've been travelling across the country to visit those who believe they have experienced
4: ghostly goings on.
0: Welcome to Ghost on Toast. I mean, I've
3: already said a few times that I was brought up an atheist, but my granddad did believe in ghosts. So I thought I should tell you his main ghost story, Um, which, as I said, I think in an earlier episode, um, you know, when my mum heard this story, she was really freaked out because she absolutely did not believe in ghosts. And she couldn't believe that her dad was saying this because she was like, what? anyway my granddad had always wanted to see a ghost but he'd never seen anything um but he was so he was a music teacher and he taught keyboards at people's houses so he would like go around to people's houses and teach music um and there was this one particular house that he went around to um and after the lesson he uh was finishing up he was alone in the room and he saw a cat wander into the room uh and then the cat wandered into like a store cupboard um well, you know what it was either a store cupboard or it was like a little downstairs loo and i can't remember what what it was and he's not here now for me to ask him um, but this cat wandered in anyway he followed this cat um because he likes cats and um <laughs> the cat had disappeared basically he couldn't find it in this cupboard or this little downstairs loo whatever it was he couldn't see it anywhere and he didn't think, think much of it because cats are slinky wee bastards and they you know get everywhere so um when the the, the guy he been teaching came back in he said oh your cat's just gone in there but i can't see it anywhere seems to have disappeared the guy apparently just went pale and was like is it a ginger cat and my granddad was like yeah yeah it's just gone in there and the guy was like that cat's dead and i keep seeing it everywhere oh my god and my granddad was like what obviously um and the guy said yeah my cat died and i keep seeing that it was a big ginger cat it's really distinctive looking and um i keep seeing it everywhere and my wife thinks i've gone mad because i keep seeing this cat and i just keep seeing it in the house and my granddad absolutely swore that he had seen this cat it had walked into a store cupboard slash downstairs toilet and had disappeared. And there were no windows in this cupboard. You know, there was nothing, there was nowhere where it could have got out because that's what my granddad was really sort of like, you know, thinking, no, there's got to be, this, this cat has got to be somewhere. So we went and had a look and he said there was nowhere that he could see this cat would have gone. And he just believes that, yeah, he saw that, this sort of window into the past if you like of this big ginger cat that was haunting the house yeah so that's my grandad's cat story i feel like all of my ghost stories
2: are somehow explainable which doesn't really explain how i believe in ghosts but yeah this this one's a, a corker <laughs> so so basically when i was in australia i've been to australia a few times because obviously my dad's australian so his parents are australian and we went over to sydney the christmas after my granddad died um to see my gran and also because it ha- also happened to be my dad's 60th birthday so we were, went over and we were sitting in the garden of my gran's house in like the suburbs of sydney my granddad wasn't a very vocal person same as my dad's not a very vocal person but he used to whistle a lot and um do you know the phrase yankee doodle dandy the song yankee doodle dandy no I do.
0: It's Oh yeah, on on the feast of Stephen. Isn't that a Christmas? Isn't that Good King <laughs> Wenceslas? <laughs>
2: no, no, wait. Good, good, good King No, it's not. It's not Good, good King Good Wenceslas looked up. On the
0: Yankee Doodle.
2: On the Yankee Doodle. It's the same song, right?
0: I'm making it up, Rosie. i Anyway. That.
2: It was Yankee Doodle Dandy. And basically we my, my sister and I were sitting in the garden. We were having like a chill day and we could hear this whistling. The same tune. And she looked at me and I looked at her because I thought I'd imagined it and she thought she'd imagined it. And then we looked at each other and realised that we both, neither of us, were imagining it. And I was like, Did you hear that? And she was like, Yeah, and did, did you hear what I heard? And then we both like froze and went like white as a sheep And we were basically about over to tell my granddad. this. And we, we sort of went inside and we were like, We've heard. I think we went to my dad, I think we were like, We've heard granddad in the garden the ghost of granddad speaking to us and my dad was like if you go out into the garden you might be able to see the liar lyre bird in the tree can you see that so if you don't know what a lyre bird is it's native to australia and it essentially is a bird that mimics sounds it's famous for doing things like you know Drills, you know, roadworks, it can mimic like car alarms. And we, we, we both just looked at each other and went, oh. <laughs> but like, it would have been an amazing ghost story. So,
0: had it heard your granddad?
2: A, essentially, the, the bird had been living there for a while, clearly in its little nest in the tree, uh, and had been mimicking my granddad before he died. Oh. But I think, in a way, in my very romantic ghost-believing way i do think that it was the spirit of granddad through the bird song kind of lovely though isn't it that yeah Yeah. that memory was still there you know but that's a nice mixture of the science and the mm, yeah faith of it yeah well
0: it's that whole thing that you don't you die twice don't you once when you actually die and once when the last person alive forgets you
2: mm. yeah it's the memory the bird's memory of the man but lie, lie birds are fascinating I recommend you look them, <laughs> looking them up but they they are dangerous in uh, why what do they do in in these situations because
1: you oh, can and they, they... them as ghosts
3: <laughs> I'll take your head off
2: I no I, I, as far as I know they're not dangerous to humans okay. but they are dangerous to them. our emotions
3: <laughs> yeah I guess it's interesting you know two stories about our granddads yeah I mean I I've always thought that and I know my mum has uh, always thought that if anyone could come back and give us a sign a bit like Emma told us in the very first episode you know if, if anyone could give us a sign it would be my granddad because he so wanted to and he so believed in ghosts yeah you know and he, he loved that and he would have given us a sign and he never has um, you know and I Yeah. you know I've often yeah, I've often thought about it. You know, that he sort of died before his time, really, mm. and he died in sort of, you know, kind of circumstances. He was it was a very unexpected death, and you know, I've always thought, yeah, he he would have. Mm. I don't know if he could, he would have come back and <laughs> and told us. But I guess it doesn't work like that. You mm. know, if it if it does work, then maybe it just doesn't work like that. And. Mm. Um, See, I think my
2: granddad was such a scientific, pragmatic person that I think he would have hated
0: the... (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have come back even if he could.
2: No. He would have have been like,
3: don't be so stupid. It's a bloody bird in the garden. We were on our way to Derbyshire, where I'm originally from, to speak to Emily and Sharon. I went to school with Emily and she'd recently got in touch over Facebook to tell me about a number of strange things she'd experienced, starting with a story about the house she grew up in with her brother and sister. Her mom Sharon still lives in the house, and they very kindly invited us over to come and see for ourselves. <laughs> so this is Sharon's house, and how long have you lived here for? Uh, it's come to twenty-one years now. Right. The children were quite small when we moved in. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And now Emily, you don't live here, but obviously you're quite nearby. Yeah, just down the road. Yeah, yeah. So you have felt a presence always in this house, but you, Sharon, haven't. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. Don't really feel that. Do you know
1: anything about the history of this house at all? Um, all I know, it was built on land which was belonged to the house next door. And it was a ex... It would have been like the coal miners' foreman's house. That right. it was. Oh, right. Um, um, 1929, and that's really all in it. Mm. And we've done an extension to it, so we've almost doubled the size of the house. Mm. But whenever anybody said there's something going on in the house, it's always been in the older parts, and we're on the new side, mm.
0: which is a bit strange. Which bit are we in now? So you're, uh, in, the you're new, in the new. I'm in the new and, and I'm <laughs> in
1: the old. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a beam Can't. that goes across. I the, feel like I'm right in the centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, I've always sensed
4: there was something here before I saw anything. Mm. But I think it's because I'm very open to it because you've always told us stories about what you'd seen when you were younger. And you've always said, if you do see anything, just if you're not happy, tell them. And that's sort of the attitude I've taken. And it's always worked for me. They've always left me alone when I've said, I've had enough, go away. Um, And it's always a female presence in the house. How do um, I identify that? Because we've seen... Behind that mirror is a little serving hatch to the room next to it and it used to be a dining room before it was Elliot's mm. bedroom and when Elliot was little, he was talking through the hatch to who he thought was Lydia because there was a little girl in there but Lydia came downstairs and was like, who are you talking to? <sighs> I used to get, like, you'd see the the girl that's here, like, flash past the, uh, the hatch because obviously we didn't have the mirror there um, or... Like out the corner of your eye, you'd think it was Lydia or I think it was Elliot. And then I could hear them in a different part of the house. So it wasn't a direct sort of sighting, but it was sort of in that peripheral vision Mm. um, that you knew someone was there. And then you'd go, oh, that isn't who I
3: thought it was. Do you think when Elliot was speaking to it? The girl, was she faced away from him as well? Because we were little, we We never questioned it. We just were like, oh, it's the ghost and
4: just (laughs) carried on playing whatever we were doing. You never Uh, felt threatened at all. I've never felt threatened by it. But Lydia's boyfriend, now husband, when he used to stop over here when they were first dating, the little girl used to throw things at him so off the shelves um she had like one of those bookshelves with things on and things would come off the shelf and hit him we were excited to meet emily and sharon because of a particular story that emily had told sarah
2: over the phone a story about this presence in the house
4: so my ex-boyfriend this was we're talking 10 years ago Mm. we had We'd gone out and he'd, we'd stopped over and Elliot was stopping. Was it when Elliot had moved out? So I don't yeah, think he was at college. Or yeah. Night, yeah, so the, Elliot yeah, right. wasn't in the, the house, so his girlfriend wouldn't have been in the house. And um, the next morning, my boyfriend said, I really wanted a wee last night, but I couldn't get up the stairs because Tamsin just kept sitting on them and wouldn't let me past. And I was like, Tamsin wasn't here? The, you sure it wasn't Lydia? And, and he was like, like, no, I know Lydia. She had dark hair, yeah. which is... What Tam- had, Tamsin had dark hair and I was like Tamsin wasn't here so he couldn't get which is on the cusp of the old new house bit so he, he couldn't get back up the stairs to the bathroom because mm-hmm. there was a girl on the stairs and he was adamant that there was someone there and that he'd said can I get past I need to go to the toilet mm-hmm. and they just completely ignored him and so then he went back to
3: bed Right so he just made the assumption it was Tamsin who yeah. was Elliot's girlfriend. Elliot's girlfriend Yeah. Um, he just made the assumption because it was a dark haired girl yeah. on the stairs that- Did he know
4: about what you'd seen? No, I never told anyone. Because people are really scared about it. And I'm like, the the spirit that is in this house is friendly. I've never had any issues. And if it's got too much, I've always said, I've had enough, leave me alone, I need to go to sleep, or... Like that—that's enough for today, and it stops straight
1: away. I'm scared now because I'm just thinking the dog. We got one dog, and she's very perceptive because she knows when my son's having a seizure. She hears it. We don't hear nice. it. And she's she changes the bark. She does a like a real high pitched bark that continues not for long, but she'll just do like a couple of barks, woof woof, like really loud. Mm. Um, and since we've had her, she's never settled in this house. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I'm just wondering now.
0: Sharon hasn't really experienced anything much in the house, and says she's always had a good feeling about the place. We asked her whether she believes in ghosts.
1: Well, I haven't had a choice really, because right. I lived in a house uh, in Birmingham and Galloway Avenue, so it's gallows, possibly. <laughs> but uh, the house was really, really haunted. I had a really horrible feeling about it. and that's why I remember as a child really, really scary feelings in the house. Definitely a man used to come into the bedroom of night right. and nobody says they have a man standing, but I could, even now I can still describe him. He was a bald-headed man, quite chubby, and he wore an old coat and he just stood and I used to scream. And my mum and dad used to say, what's wrong, the man's in my bedroom again. And I used to go and sleep with my sisters. I'd go to sleep. They decorated my bedroom for me, everything. Mm. And, and I didn't like it. Do her. you remember how old you might have been when you I started seeing I must singing. have been then about six or seven. Mm. And... To the point, and it sounds like I'm being a wee dramatic now, but the house had such a horrible feeling there that we had lots of horrible things. Like the Christmas tree used to shake. My mum and dad oh. said that the tree would always shake. Mum and dad said they could feel something all the time. And I remember once I was, I was so overcome with like a horrible black feeling in me. They went downstairs the and got a knife out the drawer. And to do that when you're little. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing with this knife? And I put it back in the drawer and I was like, it freaked me out. Was it so was it that, an can, old house? No, know? it wasn't actually. It was ex well it was ex council now, but um probably nineteen fifties, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be about fifties I think. But um yeah, it was just a, a horrible
2: feeling about it. And, and when you describe that feeling, is it like a coldness or some just a, a
3: numb non- feeling? Numb feeling. Mm-hmm. Really like painful, yeah. strange. There was an odd parallel between Emily and Sharon's experiences growing up in their childhood homes, both haunted by a presence, one a seemingly harmless little girl, the other an older man standing in Sharon's bedroom in a house that made her feel cold. We were interested in this idea of ghost stories being passed down from parents to children, Sharon had mentioned that her mum and dad felt that their house was haunted and growing up, Emily had heard Sharon's stories about the old man in her bedroom. The next story they told us is something that is particularly unusual when it comes to ghostly encounters. A shared experience.
1: The one that made us all, like, really freaked Was it
3: Nan's house, was
4: it in Devon? Yeah, so for my Nan's 70th birthday, we all went down to her house um, in Devon. Everybody did. And it was a case of, you sleep where you fall because there's that many people. She had three bedrooms and a dining room and it was literally, like, get a space where you can. So we all stayed in the one room, didn't we? Yeah, and the bedroom that was my Nan's was a big L shape, but Mm. the original (coughs) house was a post office and where... The room went off to the left. That used to be the front entrance yeah. to the post office, um, and I was sleeping around the left, so in the old doorway. But it's now windows, and I was on a, a mattress or a blow up bed or something. And fast asleep, dead. we were in the bed, yeah. yeah, fast asleep. And I woke up because I could feel rubber. I was it was in the middle of summer, so I had a vest top on, and I could feel rubber pushing onto my chest, like, and it. And now, it's Happy. the the stopper of, of a walking, walking stick. stick. That, but I oh, I was asleep, and I was like, what's... And I just thought, it was one of my cousins prodding me, saying, come on, we'll carry on drinking or something. So I opened my eyes, and there was this old lady peering off from the step around at me and prodding me with a walking stick because she wanted to get out of the front door, which I was lying in front of. And... Um, I was like, oh, closed my eyes again, because I thought, oh, how much have I drank? <laughs> <laughs> I went back, but then I could feel, and like I rolled over, so then, so it was originally on my chest, and then I rolled over, and I could feel it in my shoulder, this rubber, and I so I was like... So I looked, and she was like, she didn't say anything to me, but I knew she wanted me to move out of the way, so I rolled out the way, and she just went past me, and through what, would have, what would have been the door, door but it's it now a no window. window. And then the next morning... I individually had a conversation with mum and dad and they both said oh how did you sleep last night and I was like oh not great Um, and in a roundabout way they both sort of said oh was was there a reason and and they both described the exact same woman to me but yeah they hadn't wanted to say did you see anything
1: right but it was we, we she was stood at the side of me because i was asleep on the right side of the bed and she was stood and she was looking over the bed at me and i woke up and i you know yeah like, what's going on and i was like oh, oh. i just pulled this
4: <laughs> <laughs> and dad had seen her leaning round the corner and prodding me so he'd oh seen gosh. her prodding me to move out of the way and they could both describe the exact same. What, like, it was one of those conversations where you don't want to say anything. So the other person goes, Yeah, that's the same. But it was like, Yeah, I saw something. And you okay. were like, oh, Yeah, right, I did. And uh, like, we both gave bits of information, yeah, yeah. but it was the exact same. So she was in like a shawl and she had a walking stick and she was very sort of like hunched. a hunched old lady that you would expect to be in the post office and wouldn't say anything just push you to move out the way um but they could in in individual conversations at different points during the day they both told me the exact same thing and you have and said that's the person who used to live there yeah Yeah.
3: when she went towards the door there was now a window do you remember seeing her disappear she just went
4: through it as though like the door had opened and she just went out but it wasn't a door, so I. D- mm. But I knew that a door had been there, mm. so I, w- I was aware was that that's where she was going. Yeah, well, I remember that that real mm. feeling
1: that somebody's watching you. When you, but I asleep. could
4: feel the like a shawl thing as she went past me, yeah. but it was the rubber. That's what woke me up because I could feel this like tap tap mm. tap, and it was I could I knew it was rubber that was touching me. So when I woke up, I was expecting. Mm a balloon or something to be bopped in my face with by one of my cousins or Ellie or Lydia, that kind of thing.
2: What's particularly interesting, and quite different to anything we've heard before, is that Emily physically felt this ghostly presence.
4: She didn't just see it, it prodded her with a walking stick. And I've also started picking up a presence in my own house now since I've had Hattie. Um, on her <laughs> baby monitor, I can see little orbs uh, zooming around a room and they'll usually settle at the end of a cot and she goes straight to sleep. But then on a few occasions, they're bam- I can see them bouncing around on the baby monitor and she's not settled at all. So I've had to go in and be like, whoever's here, Hattie needs to go to sleep. Can you can you settle down, please? Because she's tired. She needs to have a sleep, and then I'll put her back down to lie down. Uh, Domi, go back downstairs and I'll look on the baby monitor. And all the orbs are in that one place again. Um, orbs oh, like spores of light. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who it is. I know that the house was empty because someone had died there when I bought it. An old lady. Um, yeah but it's a really friendly feeling and they always listen but since I've had Hattie I can definitely feel a presence in their house I lived there for two years by myself and never felt anything or saw anything but there's a few things that since I've had Hattie that have have started to happen in my head I always think it's my nan because from the moment I was 16 she was like when are you giving me some great grandchildren (laughs) and then unfortunately we lost her I feel like She's coming to see them, mm-hmm. and she wants Which to be around, nice. and it's, it's a impressive. lovely feeling. And I don't, and I feel like that's what it is. It's that presence, and I think it's Nan and Granddad because they so wanted us to have great grandchildren for them that they're just coming to play with her, yeah. and she's happy. Patty's happy as Larry, but mm. I'm like, you need. To, it's it's nine o'clock. You should be asleep. So then i have to say can you leave her alone you can play with her tomorrow and they Mm. stop um things move and things sort of fly like not fly off shelves but fall off shelves that aren't possible for Mm. them to have just fallen um so i've got like a i don't know what like an old bookcase type thing and it isn't old it's just decorated to look old and things that have been securely on top of it since i've had the bookcase over a year have just ended up in the middle of the dining room. But there just is now, I just feel there's a presence there, mm-hmm. um, but not a harmful or scary. It's mm-hmm. just a quite a nice, I feel like someone's looking over us and watching out mm-hmm. for us.
0: We wondered what Sharon and Emily's beliefs were in terms of religion and the afterlife.
4: I don't really believe in anything at all. Um, I'll happily go and listen, but um, I, don't, I don't believe in, any to me there isn't the proof so i can say i you believe in ghosts that, because i have seen them yeah and mm. i've felt them mm. but i've never had anything from a higher being or
1: see i believe it i believe that i don't believe in religion as such i believe there is a power that we don't always tap into mm-hmm. And I feel because after going through with, with Elliot and his accident and everything, excuse me, i something. So many people would say, Oh, I'm praying for Elliot, I'm praying for you as a family, you know, because he had such a bad accident and it was a miracle that he did survive. Yeah. Um, and then other people would say, I'm sending you positive healing and my friends really into Reiki. Reiki. And, yeah, yeah and was, crystals. Yeah, and crystal healing. I and I was like, mm. Yeah, whatever. Um, but then the more I thought about it, the more I think i i think if people have a positive thought in the head and they do really dwell on it and they send this power then there's got to be something in that because you can't have nothing
3: after the interview sharon showed us around the house the places where emily's boyfriend had seen a dark-haired figure on the stairs where they'd spotted this little girl in what used to be the dining room we got to a little room at the top of the house where something had happened very recently.
4: Is this the window where you saw Yeah, so I was parked where this white car is and I was getting hattier and I looked in and I could see someone that was stood at this angle yeah. um, looking into the room and I was like, that's a really weird place because you're not looking into the room and you're not looking out the door. You're just facing the bookshop? Yeah. yeah. But I could, because of this, I couldn't see if they were looking... In or out, but yeah. for me, it looked like the back of someone—a female figure—and she was either in a blue dress or a blue like shawl. Stood at the the window at the front of the house, um and I could see that there was a person there, clear mm. as day. And I came in like, "Hello!" And my dad was in the lounge, and my mom was at an art class, and no one could get upstairs. Dad's got a cast on his foot, so he couldn't have been upstairs and have got downstairs that quickly yeah. to have been in the room, but there was definitely somebody stood out the window. When facing? I, no, they were facing into the room because yep. I couldn't see a face, um, but they were stood in front of the window because I thought, oh, what's she doing up there? So Did you awesome. go upstairs and have a look? Or? No, because... Because it's always happened since I've lived, we lived here, mm. I just was like, oh, it must be the ghost and just carried on doing whatever I was doing. The person that was upstairs was definitely older than anything else that I've seen before. So when I've seen anything else in the house, it, or anyone else has seen it's anything, a it's, girl, it's a young it? girl. That little girl potentially could have actually grown up a little bit because she's had the little children, to, so she grew up with us, maybe, I don't know, because for Dan to have seen her and thought she was my brother's girlfriend who so 17. Ellie's two years younger than yeah. me so she'd have been yeah. 17, 18 at the time yeah. for him if he'd have seen a child on the stairs he'd have been more confused because there wasn't a child in the house so he yeah. must have seen someone that was about my brother's age to think it was my brother's girlfriend um yeah. oh yeah so who knows so has she grown up and then <laughs> potentially is if she mom was mom? is that who was stood in the window is she now grown up
1: <laughs>
2: It was great to speak to Emily and Sharon and hear not one but so many different stories and experiences. We kept thinking about the way these stories had passed down through the generations, from Sharon's mum to Sharon to Emily and now to Emily's daughter Hattie. Ghost stories connect generations to one another, old tales that we pass down and that perhaps
3: influence those we tell them to. Even though I was brought up without a religion and without having much belief in the supernatural, I think that the ghost stories my granddad told me growing up have had a profound effect on me and shaped the way I think about things. They've certainly affected the stories I enjoy hearing and telling. They've led to this podcast for a start. Thank you so much to Emily and Sharon for sharing their stories with us. And thank you, of course, to my granddad Roy, without whom there wouldn't have been any of this.